On this week's episode of Allendale Market Talk, Mike and Greg sat down to talk about what we have going on in South America, the weather concerns, what it could mean for this marketing year, and the China deal, along with the purchases in the new future. We hope you enjoy it. So this week, let's talk about some South America. We've been having a lot of things going through the airwaves, whether it be dryness concerns, what their crops looking like, all the above. And just want to ask you some questions about what you think that's going to do for our markets here, Greg. Well, Mike, I think uh, it's not something that we can get too excited just yet, but there is potential uh, for this to really seep into the uh, to the U.S. soybean market. Um, you do have uh, quite a bit of dryness down in South America. They're very early on uh, in their in their planting uh, period, so it's not something that we really get all that worried about. But if it continues. All it does is basically move the dominoes or knock the dominoes down further down the line. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, we get uh, some dryness here, pushes back uh, soybean planting in Brazil. Same thing in Argentina, pushes continues to push it back. The safrina crop in Argent in uh, in Brazil gets pushed back. So what you're doing then is then you're you're pushing back their window for uh, when their sales usually pick up after harvest, mm-hmm. which means the U.S. window. Open, is staying open longer, which is that's fantastic. That's what we need. We need something like that to help out this bean market that's kind of been stuck in neutral because of the up-in-the-air China situation. But we also need to find some sort of demand for this corn. And that would be kind of a perfect storm for us if if these if this dryness concern keeps up into, say, uh, November and maybe even early early December. So you're saying that with some of this dryness concern that's going to help us leg ourselves out of this uh, demand glut we've been looking at? Or are we going to be able to gain some more of that market share that we've been losing recently? It's entirely possible. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get back to where we were two years ago before this uh, uh, this China trade dispute uh, and and all these other trade, uh, trade issues uh, happened. But it definitely starts to perk up and, and show an increase in demand that may be able to then work its way into the the balance sheet for the USDA and lower the ending stocks, thereby bringing prices back up a little bit. And what do you think about with them upping their acreage or hectares? Yeah, that's something they do on a regular basis anyway. They've been doing that uh, for the last, I think, three to five years, if not for the last 20. As they clear out jungle and kind of fringe fringe space to to grow their, their... uh, their crops, they just continue to add acres or, or hectares, as you know, as they call it down there. But it's really all it does is the concern becomes: Are they going to produce a 123 million metric ton bean crop this year, which would be like what they did last year, or will this dryness uh, uh, push things back and and even get into their actual production cycle, which Maybe they bring it down to 115. That would be a big cut. Mm-hmm. It's still a big crop. That's back to where they were a couple of years ago. But it's a big cut, uh, and means that maybe it just opens opens things up for us. Mm-hmm. And how long do you think that this this dryness would have to persist before we really start getting excited about it? 
I guess I think you have to see this into through the month of October and uh, and maybe into the start of November mm-hmm. to really start to get some concerns about pushing uh, pushing their season back. Similar to the way that we had this spring where it was so wet, we didn't plant a lot of our corn until June. Well, that's that's extremely late for us. That's kind of what they're waiting for. They have a different type of soil down there. So they're used to being able to get a lot of rain and having it be able to get out there the next day or that afternoon because it it goes through like a, a sandier soil. But this is one of those things where if they're not getting it, they have to have that rain just to be able to get out there and, and work that ground. If mm-hmm. they don't get it, it's it's definitely not going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, I've, what I'm hearing is this late October, early November time frame with potentially South America's planting being delayed due to the dryness and then also our harvest being delayed to about that time frame sounds like that's gonna be a pretty good time frame to be looking at for a lot of questions to be answered is it, that correct? it could be it definitely i mean we're not going to say you know this is this is speculative at this point but it, we're not going to say that it's going to it definitely means the market's going to take off but it does lend itself to having an air of positivity around the corn and beans uh at this point it would be more of a bean story than a corn story Mm -hmm. but we as we know you know a lot of times when the beans make their move the corn will limp along behind it right so that's that's the hope at this point is and seasonally you know we we typically do tend to make uh make our lows around the beginning of october october 3rd october 5th around there and then we start to work our, our way back up. And usually it's a slow grind, uh, but we're kind of at that point, we've already gotten into harvest. This year we'll be just getting, just barely getting into harvest. I think we're at 7% uh, harvested on corn right now. We haven't gotten any bean numbers yet, but, you know, we're we're at that point with the amount of rain that we're getting here in the Midwest that we're looking at what we did last year. So, yeah, there's potential to see some quality issues here. Maybe it does take some uh, uh, some yield off the table. Maybe we do see some more loss. That could help us to uh, to, to prop our, our prices up here. Uh, when we're in that, uh, you know, harvest supply glut, you typically, you know, obviously this is when all the new crop's coming in. We've got more, more than we know what to do with. And I think at this point farmers haven't made many sales, so – uh, that's one of those things that could help to pry some uh, some corn or beans out of the uh, farmer's hands. Mm-hmm. So, w- what are you expecting, just from what we know right now, price wise going into this year? Going into the end of the year, mm-hmm. is that, uh, I would I would think that the corn can get back up to at least make an attempt to fill the gap that was left from the August Wazdy report, mm-hmm. 392 and three quarters, at which point you would probably need to start looking at uh, making some sales. That's a about a 40-cent rally off the lows. Um, that's where you probably need to make some cash sales. At that point, start looking at uh, uh, next year's crop too because you should have uh, December 20 corn somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe – 415 to 420. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anything right now demand-wise that says that we have to go beyond that gap. 
Uh, if the if numbers started coming in in say November, uh, I doubt they would make a change in December. But if they started coming in in November and yield numbers were lower because of the numbers we were seeing off the uh, off the combines, yeah, we could go a little bit higher. But I think the cap uh, kind of comes in around that three ninety three ninety five area. And then on beans, yield continues to look like it's going to be a little bit lower this year. Uh, the ending stocks have come down to much more manageable number, but you know, don't get me wrong. That's that's not really you know bullish. Right. Six hundred and forty million bushels. Mm-hmm. So, without China, get us up to November, maybe around nine twenty, nine thirty, nine fifteen, nine twenty five, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not thinking about what we were. What was it? I think it was last February. I want to say when we were sitting around 970, you're looking more so a little bit more suppressed this year, thinking that this trade war is going to probably blow up again. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to be pessimistic on on trade, but we've been down this road, and as much as I I keep reading that it sounds like we're talking differently about trade this time around, I, I think the maybe the the trade representatives are getting to the point where saying we need to come up with a new story rather than saying everything is great. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe, maybe we do keep making progress, but I don't see us getting a deal done until after next year's election. Yeah, you're still getting those sprinkles of we still got the sticking points of in, uh, in intellectual property, right? Intellectual right. property. Yeah, and, um, like and you know, I we we're you know we're in that point now where it's not just going to take. China coming in and buying ag products. We actually have to get a, a deal done at this point. Mm-hmm. They can buy ag products, but they're not going to come back to us the way they did without a deal. And even if they do come back to us, everybody wants to say, "Oh, China's going to be a going to be a windfall for us once we get this this deal done." Well, look at the look at the facts over there. They've got African swine fever over there that's become a huge issue. It's starting to spread to some more of the Asian nations. It's continuing to spread it to more of the Asian nations. So demand in that part of the world is going to come down mm-hmm. just naturally based on the fact that they're not feeding as many as many hogs. So we do need to be a little bit concerned about that when the the when China does come back to the table that it's not going to be as lucrative for us as as we want it to be we're mm-hmm. not getting back to them buying a hundred million tons every year right away right i saw an interesting t- statistic around this time in a normal year they're usually about 10 million metric tons as opposed to the 1.4 that we've been seeing at last year and again looking to so that's what they bought from us by this time or that's what they bought total for the from new this time at okay. this time yeah so that was a pretty interesting statistic to look at, and it is going to be interesting to see if it is going the way that Russia did with wheat back in the day, where maybe we're just an auxiliary market to the world now. I think the I think the big story with China right now, and it's not necessarily the soybeans, which you know obviously that's a big thing for us because we trade a lot of it, but. Mm-hmm. I think the big story is going to be the pork side of things and seeing the the hog market uh, take off. I mean, from what we've heard over there, obviously pork supplies are are taking a huge hit, but the pork prices have gone through the through the roof. And that's going to be one of those things where once they have to start buying to from us, which they already have started, mm-hmm. once they really have to start buying in force and whether it's 20,000 tons 
every week or it's 50,000 tons every week, whatever it is, that's when we're going to see these these hog prices take off. So beans will be a story, but if we can get a deal done with China, this this hog market uh, could could catch fire. Speaking of the ASF and the hogs, what are your thoughts about whether or not it comes over here? I mean, you had the testing out in – not the testing, but the test in order to make sure that we were ready for it out in Iowa. What are your thoughts of if it comes over here? It's a game changer. Uh, it, that shuts us down. Mm-hmm. Um, the the t- the testing that you're talking about, or the or the, I guess it's it's similar to like a, a tornado drill in a in a school right. or a fire drill in a school. It's it's a preparedness thing, mm-hmm. and it's something that we do on a regular basis. We've put in hundreds, if not thousands, of stop gaps along the way to to try and get away from something getting into this country like ASF that could cause massive destruction to our uh, our infrastructure, like the, the pork infrastructure or the, the hog infrastructure. If it were to get through, because things happen, mm-hmm. it, you know, mad cows shouldn't have gotten through, BSE, whatever you want to call it, uh, and we shouldn't continue to hear about it, but we do still hear about it. It's one of those... At some point, if it does come through, that will shut down exports completely. No one is going to buy U.S. pork for – maybe they put sanctions on it for six months. Maybe they put it on for a year. Maybe it's just an indefinite thing. Mm-hmm. But all that pork that we have just continues to stockpile prices of, of hogs, prices of pork. Everything's just going to fall apart. We're just going to have too much. I mean, it's just one of those plain and simple type things. It's just you cannot go through something like that and not see a hiccup in the exports that could last for three months, six months, two years, whatever. Right. What do you be looking for once we do get sold out, though, for the same kind of price movement that you're seeing over in China where prices skyrocket because we just ran through so much of the herd? Or You could. It, it really depends on how how widespread it gets here in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we saw over there was just ridiculous for how how it spread. I mean, you look at you know some some of these times where you look at like a, a how a computer virus spreads and it just it hits it hits and things light up in different areas. That's how it was in China. Mm-hmm. Here we you know we still do have those safeguards. So if it were to happen, it wouldn't necessarily happen as widespread. Hopefully. So it would be one of those things we 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 would see it hit where pri- pork prices do go maybe flying higher because of the scare and you've got then you've got uh hog prices completely fall apart because of the the exports aren't there but I don't I I think at this point we would probably see it be very localized uh because it's not something like bird flu where it can be like a a wild uh, necessarily a wild goose or something like that that mm-hmm. uh, causes it. Um, it could happen in like wild boars or something like that, but I think at this point it would be more um, it would be more localized. I don't think it would go as widespread as something like China did. Interesting. Well, good to hear. If you guys have any questions this week, please feel free to reach out. You can reach us here at 800-262-7538 or on the web, allendale-inc.com. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.